Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. It's one of the most important decisions you'll make in your lifetime, buying a new home. But can you really trust the people selling it to you? Today, for Corners reporter Paul Farrell on his investigation into the questionable practices of real estate agents. Let's talk about real estate and real estate agents. From my very recent experience, they're pretty smooth talkers. They normally drive around in smart cars. They wear expensive clothing. It's a pretty lucrative industry, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there is huge money to be made in real estate. So many agents are, are absolutely raking it in. Not all of them. So, well, boy. You know, there's this real stereotype, I think, of agents who are, you know, driving fast cars, they're, you know, moving around in, you know, $5,000 suits. Mm. There's actually a, a name for that kind of agent in the industry, I learned. It's, it's actually, it's called an attraction agent. Oh. Um, it's the guy in your neighbourhood who everyone goes to to sell their, their, their property. And it's yeah. almost like a psychological phenomenon where you see that agent who is on every billboard and you think, that's the guy I want to sell my house. Yes. So true, so true. I think I've got a few of those in my uh, area, actually. (laughs) Now, you've met a few of them along your way uh, with your story for Four Corners. Just tell me about Zed, because he's sort of a smooth talker, isn't he? Yeah. Look, Zed Nasheed is an absolutely fascinating character. I live and breed real estate. Real estate's in my DNA, sold by Zed Real Estate. He's from Afghanistan and, you know, we visited him in Melbourne in his office there. Why don't we do this? Let's put 2.2 million in writing. With 30 days settlement, could you do that? We saw what his weekly sales meetings look like, the way they sort of, he sort of pumps up his team. In today's marketplace, every single phone call matters, every single meeting matters, and every single appraisal matters. And if you don't close a deal, someone else will. He sounds pretty smooth. He likes to read personalities. <laughs> he read yours straight away by the sounds of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He um, he gave me his sort of, his analysis of, of me. Like your body language right now is telling me that you're very straightforward, you're very honest. You know, he thinks I'm a bit indecisive <laughs> when it comes to property, which is probably right. Indecisive person, so you need that push for like, oh, it. Sometimes oh. when it comes to real estate, you're like, oh, I don't know if I should buy now, I should buy later. Mm. He thought that uh, you're, because you're so indecisive, Paul, that you probably needed a bit of a push forward into the property market. Yeah. But as you say, I mean, he's not doing anything wrong. He's a good salesperson. He's pretty smooth. He's good at what he does. And we're not suggesting that Zed is doing anything wrong. But it's that bit of a push, I guess, that people are, are worried about. Just tell me a bit about what you found out. Yeah, so what we've been doing at Four Corners is we actually launched a a crowdsourcing investigation about five months ago into the real estate industry. And we were kind of stunned by the volume of responses and and what we were hearing. You know, some of the agents that we spoke with were really quite alarmed at some of the industry practices that they said that they were were seeing. Mm. We spoke to one agent in Sydney's eastern suburbs, Mark Jones, who 
really told us that, you know, point blank, that he just believes the whole industry is kind of built on lies and deception. How would you characterise the real estate industry? Disingenuous. Yeah, extremely insincere. It's lies on top of lies. It's a pretty big allegation, isn't it? Because we, I guess we all think that real estate agents stretch the truth sometimes. Maybe they gloss over a negative aspect of a particular home or something like that. But what sort of lies is he talking about? So Mark Jones' biggest concern really is the practice of underquoting. Mm -hmm. Underquoting is, you know, setting a price guide for a property that's actually much lower than the agent thinks it will ultimately sell for. And interestingly, actually, Zed Nasheed held the same concern as, as Mark about that. He also believed this practice was widespread. Of buyers that show up to auctions in today's environment, they're at market a house between 2.4, 2.6, where they've reserved price at $3 million, the buyers get pissed off. This is why real estate agents, they have a bad name because of those underquoters. The purpose or the reason for doing that is it's so they can fill an open home with people who think that a property was in their price range. And it's a very calculated and deliberate strategy to create a sense of competition with the fundamental purpose of driving the price up even higher. And Mark Jones is really concerned about how widespread he he believes this practice is. He's even done some analysis looking at price guides versus ultimate sales prices um, to, to demonstrate that. And uh, they were underquoted by 31%, 38%. And the winner from the year before, 43%. In places like New South Wales and Victoria, there are actually rules um, that prohibit underquoting, the strict fines and offences for them. And Mark Jones even told us that there are ways for agents to even get around some of those rules and laws. Like they'll create kind of um, dummied up comparable prices in order to um, make it look like they've got all the right paperwork there to, to get around underquoting laws. So he thinks this is a really massive problem. Yeah, I've even experienced this myself. You go to an auction, they give you a guide price, and then the property sells for so much more than that guide price. In one case, I went to one and it went for a million dollars more than the guide price. It's it's pretty frustrating. It's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Is there anything, Paul, that buyers can actually do about this underquoting? It's a really challenging issue, and the problem is, it can be quite hard to detect. Mm. The agents hold all of this, all of this power, but the reality is, underquoting can do real harm to to people. Um, you know, if if you think that you're in with a shot for a property at an auction because of a lower price guide, you know, you could spend thousands of dollars on solicitors' fees, on building and pest inspections, mm. and then find that actually you were just never in it with a shot. Yeah, sure. What some buyers end up doing is getting a buyer's agent because it's so hard to navigate this, isn't it? Because you're going to auction after auction after auction and you're probably missing out on a lot of those homes. So tell me about buyer's agents. They cost a lot of money, don't they? Yeah. So the idea of a buyer's agent is people want someone who's in their corner, who's backing in their interests. And, and that's fundamentally what a buyer's agent is supposed to do. Mm. Now, it's not cheap. Usually there's an upfront retainer, could be anywhere from $1,000 to $5,000 or $10,000 even in, in some cases. And then on top of that, one of the models for buyer's agents is that then they receive a maybe a 1% or a 2% commission on the sales price of a property, which honestly, when I heard 
kind of made me pause a little bit mm. and think because it's like, well, the buyer's agent is actually in that circumstance getting paid based on the sale price of the property. So how how is it in their interest to get the buyer the lowest price if that's the model of, of payment? Yeah. We actually discover that there's this practice where um, buyers agents quite commonly get emails from uh, from developers, and developers are offering them these massive commissions to basically put their stock in front of clients. So you know we're talking like thirty thousand mm. dollars. So in a circumstance like that, if a buyers agent took up an offer like that kind of developer commission, it's really difficult to see how they could possibly be acting in the best interests of their client there. Mm, yeah, okay. So it just sounds, Paul, like this industry, it just doesn't work in favour of the buyer. But there is, isn't there, an industry regulator, as you mentioned. What is it doing to make sure that the buyer's protected? One of the interesting things about the real estate industry is that it's actually regulated state by state. Mm-hmm. So there's absolutely no national and consistent regulation of the real estate industries. One of the issues, though, for these regulators is resources. And as one buyer's agent, Miriam Sandcaller, um, told me, regulators seem to have relatively small teams of investigators overseeing this massive volume of, you know, thousands and thousands of sales each year. So they just can't be at, at every single one of them, really. And I don't think in my 12 years of operating as a buyer's advocate in Victoria, have I ever seen anyone from Consumer Affairs attend an auction? So basically, I think agents feel that statistically, if they're doing it, that they've got a pretty good chance of getting away with it due to the lack of policing the regulations. New South Wales was actually generous enough to allow us to come along to some of their compliance investigations as as well. And mm. and actually, this compliance splits that we were able to see, they went to 41 different agencies and they found breaches in 37 of them. Mm, so, so that's like 90% yeah. um, of agencies where there was some sort of rule or, or breach where there was a fine imposed. Gosh, that's a lot, Paul. I mean, what happens to these agents then? They're breaking the rules, so there must be a punishment. This issue of, of punishment came up time and time again and how agents should be treated when they break the rules. And in New South Wales, it's an interesting situation because the maximum fine for a lot of penalties is $25,000. Mm-hmm. But that maximum fine can only be imposed if the regulator launches uh, an entire prosecution. And, and that in itself can take up huge amounts of resources as well. So we've been released, you know, four years of data from fair trading and the maximum fine they've actually ever imposed um, on the spot is $2,200. And that's not their fault. They're just not able to go any higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as one of the agents we spoke with, Mark Jones says, it's just no incentive. If, if you're earning millions of dollars a year, what's $2,000? That's a slap on the wrist. The usual suspects are earning millions of dollars a year. That's an absolute joke. It does sound, Paul, like there's a lot of things that need a little bit of tinkering or fixing within this industry. I mean, can it be fixed? I guess that's the question. Is anyone doing anything to make this a bit better? I mean... This is one of the real challenges with this program. Mm. You know, is the solution you have a national regulator, um, you know, you get all the states to cooperate and 
you have a well-resourced regulator. That's certainly one option. One agent we spoke with, um, Christine Shaw in Canberra, her view was that, you know, we needed to have better better legislation, but also that the industry itself should kind of be paying like a levy to the different state and territory regulators to beef up their compliance units. Uh, Perhaps that is an avenue and that can help improve consumer confidence that the industry themselves are contributing. I think what just became clear is that without a more aggressive approach and a better resourced approach to to navigating the industry, that there were just going to be occasions where things were just going to kind of go by. Mm. And that's really challenging when we're talking about a $9.6 trillion property market that, that this industry is the gatekeeper of. There seems to be, you know, a consumer perception that, you know, broadly speaking, the industry should not be trusted. Restoring that trust, I think, is going to take a lot of work. Paul Farrell is a reporter with Four Corners. Catch his full report tonight on ABC TV at 8.30 or on iView. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield, Sam Dunn and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.